0: The accounting app is everything an accountant would expect from an accounting software. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, Olivier, that it's a shitload of features. (laughs) We want to do that so that it's available for anyone out of the box. It's something we try to do
1: everywhere in Odoo. We want to keep things simple, but even more with the accounting, I think. When you take a random software engineer uh, out of university or, or anywhere actually, you ask him, hey, what do you want to work on? It's unlikely that he's going to say accounting software.
0: So yeah, I think it's a mistake from them. The account- First <laughs> they of all, they don't know, what they're, they missing. Don't know the, what they're missing, clearly. What I like about accounting is it's very centric to the world. It's very centric to any business. I think it's really with feedback from the free beneficiaries that we were able to have for version 13 a mature accounting app. Once every three or four years, if a line of code didn't change, it means that maybe nobody's using it. Because needs change all the time and you have
1: to go over what you've written in the past to improve that code. Welcome back for another Tech & Dev episode. Today, we're joined by Quentin de Pauli, team leader at Odoo's R&D department. From implementation challenges to team management, we'll go over the behind the scenes of one of Odoo's most used applications, accounting. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, Quentin. Hello, Olivier. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, really, because I'm super excited about this episode, because you're actually my team leader, and we're going to talk about my scope today, so it's super interesting. It's accounting. So first, uh, before getting started, could you tell us more about you? How did you enter Odoo, and how did you end up being in charge of the accounting team in R&D?
0: Okay, so... I started working uh, for Odoo fifteen years ago, actually, Ooh. and it wasn't called Odoo yet. Mm-hmm. And as you can imagine, at that time, the responsibilities were not that clear, uh, and we were. At, at re- I remember at some point we were only two people managing all the army of Indians developer we had. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, <laughs> it, I think it only started with version nine where we had enough manpower to split into teams. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where I inherited from the accounting. Mm-hmm. And and how come? Because before you had touched it a little, but you don't have any accounting background yourself, right? Yeah,
0: no, I, d- I didn't have any accounting background. And it's only I learned doing uh, things like <laughs> I, like I was told to do
1: and speaking with the accountants uh, at, that, at that time. It's another of these stories where uh, something needed to be done and someone was like, you, you're going to do it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it was me. It's funny how how you keep the responsibility after being designated like that because you're not the first one we interview like this.
0: Yes, I think it's because I like accounting actually. I like it because it's a functional part of the world actually and it Mm -hmm. teaches you a lot about company when you know how to read a a balance sheet and how to read a a profit and loss report. So yeah, I thought it was a a good idea to also improve my own knowledge of how the world works
1: actually. It's a bit for the
0: challenge of it I I guess as well.
1: It can be a pretty complex field, right? As as we will see. Yes,
0: you know, accountants tend to say that what they are doing is complicated. Once you break down into uh, logical stuff, uh,
1: logical part, it all comes uh, very simple. The whole challenge being of breaking it down into logical parts. (laughs) And so could you tell us more about what it is exactly? Because in the audience, I guess, some people know what accounting is. I guess everyone has a pretty vague idea of what it consists of, but could you explain in practice what is it and what do we handle in Odoo for that?
0: Uh, you what mean the, s- the scope of our our responsibility yeah. within the Odoo? Okay, we, we have several responsibilities, I would say. The first being that we manage the invoicing app, mm-hmm. which is everything people need to issue customer invoice to encode their, their vendor bill. And then register the payments. And uh, yeah, that's more or less uh, the basic stuff. Also Mm -hmm. issue the tax report. Um, Then we have on top of that the accounting app, which is everything an accountant would expect from an accounting software. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, Olivier, that it's a shitload of features. (laughs) Uh, We have uh, like, for example, the general accounting, but also the analytic accounting, uh, the customer follow-up, so following the customer debts, we have uh, the electronic invoicing, the bank synchronizations, uh, asset management, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's a lot mm-hmm. of things, mm-hmm. and also we want to do that uh, in a generic point of view, mm-hmm. so that it's available for anyone out of the box. But we have also to be adaptive for everyone in each country, so we have mm-hmm. uh, to allow people to uh, adapt our packages.
1: So, to- typically, what would that mean? Uh, so uh, I, I, I'm, I, I live in, in, in Belgium, so are there things that are specific to my country within the way Odoo works? Yeah. How the, uh, what exactly?
0: Yeah, you have uh, uh, the child of account, which is different uh, from someone living in France. Yeah, example, what the, is it? So for rate. people
1: not knowing, because uh, you're, you're okay. using technical terms. What is a child of account? Uh?
0: Ah, It's a set of accounts that you can use when you record an operation. Okay, and
1: it depends on the law, so depending on how to change it.
0: Also, the legal format of the reports you have to issue for the government Mm -hmm. are different. You may have uh, um, some kind of uh, electronic way of communicating your invoices to your customers or to the government, which Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. sometimes mandatory in your country. Mm -hmm. Um, And all these kind of different rules... Are managed also by our team, which is uh, in what we call the localization packages, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's the third responsibility I would say of the
1: of the team. And again, here one of the big challenges then must be to have something that is generic enough so that it can be customized without being a total mess between the different localizations, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, from a technical point of view, now uh, what would you say at the Big challenges, going more into the details, what would you say the big challenges are?
0: I think the first one uh, that comes to my mind is that we have to deal with the legal requirements of each country, Mm -hmm. as I said, and that means that we have to search for the specifications and sometimes we find specifications that are not in English, mm-hmm. uh, so we have to Google Translate it, or we have to or uh, learn the language. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or maybe we find the specifications. Well, I remember once we find, we found for uh, Singapore mm-hmm. uh, a specification in English with a provided file, sample file of what the feature sh- should do, mm-hmm. but the sample file wasn't following the specifications. So <laughs> sometimes we have to face things like that. <laughs> Um, then we have to also cope with I think the community and people trying to push their needs before well because they see that it's a need for them but we have mm-hmm. to understand globally if it's a
1: real need for the country or not and it's important mm-hmm. for b- doing it or not. So not that falling point. into corner cases where someone is like whoa this is something I absolutely need but only because he sees his, his case, his business, exactly. and it's actually not something that everybody needs. So.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we have to do it maybe more than other teams because we are more in communication with the, the community. I think, mm-hmm. but it's something we try to do everywhere.
1: In Odoo. We want to keep things simple, mm-hmm. but even more with the accounting. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's also because people tend to to consider their needs as more necessary because it's about money, and since it's about money, people are more. I, I mean. Afraid it wouldn't be done right uh, and it's legit, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah. But everyone sees his own needs first. Mm-hmm. And so something that is very important for someone may not be that important mm-hmm. globally when you take the country
1: in its globality. Mm-hmm. Other things uh, that you typically have to handle?
0: Well, the other things uh, are like any other R&D team. I think it's uh, the, uh, being able to cope with large volume of data. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we could have for the journal entries. And yeah, keeping it simple uh, Mm -hmm. in in the interface and in the specifications. Mm
1: -hmm. uh, Do you think the volume of data is... As much a problem for uh, well problem a uh, challenge for accounting than for other team or is it more the case because in my opinion uh, uh, journal items you tend to have a lot of them on a uh, regular accounting so just so people get what we are talking about journal items it's one line on an accounting operation so typically you're impacting one account with a given amount. This is a journal item. And so, of course, you have lots and lots and lots of them uh, in the database, like typically uh, millions, uh, usually.
0: Uh, yes and no. If you take a, a logistic company like Amazon, yeah, it will have a lot of stock operations. Mm-hmm. So it's also important for them to cope with large volume of data. Mm-hmm. The difference maybe is that Everybody needs to have an accounting, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so and and everybody does not have the
1: logistic of Amazon. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think that's the only difference
0: here. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, uh, I suggest we now have. Um a look at the way Odoo handles these 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 problems actually, and what the the model behind what we're doing is. Uh, I suggest we give a, a historical view of it, since you're another Odoo nozer. So let's let's just go into the history and see how things evolved actually. Because I guess uh, I guess getting the details of the implementation of everything is a bit useless here, because uh, people are just listening to us, and 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 you can, you can show code and uh, it won't work. Though uh, explaining what are the big actors of our models and how they interact and how we change them over time uh, might be might be interesting, I guess. So let's start. Uh, what's okay. what's the oldest thing you want to talk about? Okay,
0: I think the third thing I want to mention is that it really started with what we experienced for the release of version eight, where we presented what would be. Roadmap of uh, the accounting for version nine. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge document, a Google doc that was made public, 62 pages. Wow. It's funny because we don't do that anymore. No, <laughs> no, we don't do that. Um, and yeah, we implemented that in one year we, uh, and we basically rewrote every feature of the accounting. Mm-hmm. That's when people started to adopt the accounting app. Before that, it was just a, a byproduct when you were willing a sales applications or
1: a mm. sheet management yeah, or something you got as a bonus yeah, on top you, of other something else that you needed and you wanted exactly okay.
0: um, but this, since version 9 we really became a real accounting software I would say and uh, we still find back some traces in the code mm-hmm. that in famous uh, which one you're gonna tell me John when we released the version the, what would be version 9 of the accounting. The commit message, you know, you're supposed to be
1: You're supposed to explain what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. You have
0: to you're supposed to be descriptive about the changes you you're
1: pushing. And you rather were disruptive. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I, I went for something else <laughs> that was accounting V9. Yeah. <laughs> Which lasted. Uh, it was the
1: only thing in the commit message, yeah. and it's funny because this commit message is still famous today in R and D version nine. Huh? So it's been a while, mm-hmm. and even in our team, we uh, we 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 pay the tribute to it a few times in our own commits. So, for example, for V sixteen in the reports, one of the the first thing that I put on it uh, is uh, reporting V sixteen. Yeah, uh, and and then I give an explanation because come on, but <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, the thing. Uh, other teams were not that happy with that commit, commit message. but come? <laughs> Well, I think it was okay because there was a, that Google Doc of 62 pages explaining the whole difference. The fact
1: <laughs> is people don't have that Google Doc, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, they should have kept it somewhere. <laughs> anyway, so um, that was version 9. It was the first big milestone for the uh, accounting app. History. Could you give is a few it?
1: examples of what, what was introduced in version 9?
0: Uh, it was the first time we had the uh, reconciliation uh, widget mm-hmm.
1: uh, for. So, what, like, what is the recon- what, What's that? Yeah,
0: thing? Um, it was uh, UI to um, be able to reconcile the payments and the
1: invoices mm-hmm. from a bank statement. So, to match them together, that, that's exactly. something you need to do in day to day accounting uh, mm-hmm. for people not knowing about it. Okay.
0: Yeah uh, also the reports before the version 9 were only PDF so you had uh, you wanted to uh, to issue a profit and loss for example you mm-hmm. had to click on a menu it was opening a wizard where you selected uh, the different options you wanted mm-hmm. and then you click okay and you get you got the, the PDF mm-hmm.
1: also you had to choose the period and so you had a period object exactly. storing the start yeah, yeah. end of the fiscal year and these kind of things yeah 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 the period also disappeared with the uh, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a lot of uh, big changes, actually. Mm -hmm. And so what was put instead of this PDF thing?
0: The reports were directly available... in Urdu mm-hmm. you got that in in your browser uh, as uh, HTML, actually. Okay.
1: Okay. Like okay. a normal page. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And so it was much more dynamic, and so.
1: Mm-hmm. And after version nine, what what happened?
0: Uh, after version nine, uh, we kept the team that was uh, dedicated to uh, rewrote the accounting. We kept it, and it was our main focus. <laughs> and the team started growing. We engaged. More people. We started more working more on localizations, mm-hmm.
1: and that's the time where I came into Odoo. Uh. Yeah, yeah,
0: a lot of good people <laughs> well, came to, <laughs> <laughs> and others. <laughs> yeah, no, <I'm> just <laughs> And yeah, the next milestone would be probably version thirteen mm-hmm. with uh, what I would say the accounting apocalypse. <laughs> uh, Code name. <laughs> Code account name Poga- accounting apocalypse. <laughs> where we decided to... Destroy everything. (laughs) uh, To change basically, I would say, to change basically uh, two main objects Mm -hmm. we had and to merge those two models into only one. -hmm. Uh, Namely, the invoices and the journal entries.
1: Okay, so the journal entries are those things gathering the journal items we were talking about uh, earlier. Yeah. And so we merged them with the invoice. What was the big idea behind this?
0: The idea is that you sometimes change an invoice, you would like the
1: change to be automatically reflected to the journal entry. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, Yeah, because uh, again, explaining the basics of accounting to people. Yeah. uh, your invoice, basically, so in the old model, needed to generate a journal item because well your invoice is an accounting operation, mm-hmm. and so it needs to correspond to an accounting operation, so a journal in, a journal entry and one of the issues we had uh, before V13 was that it was possible to desynchronize uh, the ju- the journal entry, so the account move uh, that's the technical name uh, and the invoice uh, and that's something we wanted to remove because it caused troubles, right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Although sometimes you just import the, the uh, accounting from another software, so you just have the journal entries, and mm-hmm. that time it was uh, embarrassing to not having the invoices. Invoice, yeah. So, to make it short, we wanted better synchronization between those two objects. So, the mm-hmm. idea came to merge those into one. And how
1: easy was that?
0: Uh, eh, we made it. We lost some sanity points doing so, but. Uh, oh, especially. I think, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh, it was a back and forth process, but yeah, we. The third try, we had something that uh, we, we kept, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah I remember now. there
1: was a lot of discussion about that. And, uh, yes, and uh, so Laurent, so Laurent was the one in, in charge of really doing it, uh, and he tried like I, I think there were like three prototypes, and the third was was the was the right one. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what he tried on the previous ones, but it it wasn't possible, and and there was something funny about the performance as well, right?
0: Yeah, the performances were. Not as good once we've done the prototype and once we were happy with technically how it was behaving mm-hmm. the performance were bad in it comparison to before. what we had before <laughs> but the fact that the or the the framework had improved itself and was uh, faster, yeah. There, there had been another refactoring in yeah. thirteen from DRM. From DRM, <laughs> and
1: and look, yes. <laughs> it thanks to
0: them, it compensate our uh, our slowness, and w- so
1: yeah. That's basically <laughs> how it worked. Okay. So I guess there were other changes as well in in V thirteen. Is there a way to summarize them, or is it just too broad?
0: Yeah, the, the version of thirteen was also. Uh, the version where we addressed the fiduciary market. Mm-hmm. And did we manage to do it? Yeah, yeah. And actually, react? I think it's really with that feedback from the fiduciaries that we were able
1: to have for version 13 a mature accounting app. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I remember uh, that it was like the magical argument back at the time because uh, uh, there were a lot of little features everywhere that we wanted to add. Uh, and, and the product owners kept on coming with them, uh, and every time the argument was, "But it's for the fiduciaries. Uh, it's supposed to be yeah. like, that, oh, again. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, uh, it's it's true that it made the software way better than before. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. It was a running gag, but uh, it worked actually. So, yeah. <laughs> so they were
1: right. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, to to go on with the with the, the history, I would say that after version thirteen, the team only kept growing, so that we are now 30 people. 30 uh, people. Yeah, that's a lot.
1: So, um, so, I, I, I don't think you gave the number, uh, but between version 9 and version 10, it was like four people. Four people. Uh, yeah. A, uh, Something
0: <laughs> like, yeah, so the, the team grew a lot. And so every year was kind of major, a major release for the accounting. But if I have to keep only one, I would say that the version 16 was the biggest milestone after version 13 mm-hmm. because of the the way we we all the reports mm-hmm. report ellipse yay <laughs> report ellipse
1: <laughs> yay um, because of the new reconciliation with JET as well mm-hmm. and what what was new about this new reconciliation widget exactly?
0: Uh, yeah, what's new was that we had a total refactoring of the UI, mm-hmm. and that was the first time we also did so much things in JavaScript in
1: one single place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's more complex than before. It's, but it's working better, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good summarize. <laughs> Okay, about uh, the, this, this report ellipse thing, could you give a bit more details as well? Yeah, so but maybe you're more appropriate uh-huh. since you worked on that. Yeah, um, you decided, uh, that's my baby. so uh, <laughs> I can talk about it for a complete hour if you want, but I don't think it will fit this podcast anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, so for the report ellipse, we changed the way the reports were defined, mm-hmm. um, the way they worked. So basically, it's only internal stuff that people don't see unless they are trying to define a new report themselves. But it also comes with a nice bonus for them, since we are now able to have different columns for... um, what we call the generic reports, mm-hmm. so reports that are just defined as data
1: mm-hmm. can have uh, more than one column, which mm-hmm. was not the case before. You can mix the engines as well, mix the the, the, yeah. the way you compute the different parts of your reports. So there is a talk I made at the experience about it for people curious about the details or a more a more, more detailed at least uh, view of the whole set of features. Uh, but indeed, uh, to summarize it i think it's it 's interesting to to see how we how we decided to to just destroy it like that because <laughs> it was pretty pretty heavy thing to do and the fact is we already had this report engine in, in, in v, since V9 that was customizable and defined as data in the module. So, so there were things that we changed on it, but nothing big and nothing huge in the way you could use it and the capabilities of the model itself. And uh, the thing is that we realized that there were things that we couldn't do easily and that was a problem and we wanted to add something to ease the definition typically of balance sheets because you need to refer to prefixes of account, whatever. And that was the, one of the big triggers for this task because then you know we, we talked about it, I remember, and then one thing caused another and uh, at the end of the discussion we were like, okay, let's change everything. Uh, but actually it works now. So uh, I think it's fairly interesting to see that, again, there is one need coming and then raising other concerns and at the end we decide to refactor Everything, at least here in the reports, to fit the new needs and have something more, hopefully, more robust uh, uh, in the future. But who knows? Maybe in two years I'm back talking about the new refactoring of the yeah, reports. Sure. I hope not, but. Uh. <laughs> I, I think it's something really uh, sane to do. Um.
0: Once every three or four years, if a line of code didn't change, it means that maybe nobody's using it because needs change all the time, and you have to go over what you written in the past to improve that code. And maybe if you wrote twice the same line of code, maybe it means that you have to uh, make, something that, about yeah, it. make something generic. Yeah,
1: make something more generic about it. I guess it's a it's a very sane philosophy to have as a as a developer because it it's. It needs you to criticize what you did, even just one year before. And be like, okay, this on this thing, I totally screwed up. <laughs> Let's do something else. Uh, and. And at the end, even personally, uh, and and from a pure skill point of view, I think you become better. And of course, the product becomes better as well. When would you say is the right time so, to, to, to do such an apocalypse like that? Because there were a few of them in, in accounting here. Uh, so I guess you're the right person to, dis- to discuss this. Uh,
0: yeah, um, I think the right time is when the planet aligns themselves. <laughs> so you need several things to make such a big refactoring. So first you need to have the need clear and it means that you have, you must have several people telling you maybe the same week, maybe in one month mm-hmm. that this is too crappy it should be changed in some ways. Mm-hmm. So you need to have time to do it. Uh, it can't be done when we are approaching the release or the audio experience for example of course mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it would be too risky. And also you need someone that is uh, willing to do it uh, because victim. sometimes you just <laughs> face the problem and you're like, okay, yeah, um, let's hide it under the carpet until someone else finds it because it's too big of a task and I don't want to uh, mm. bury myself yeah. in it. So, and,
1: or you're, you're like, uh, okay, this is something we can do in the future, but for now it's, uh, not. <laughs> yeah, it's not
0: the right time. Nobody has time to do it. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Indeed, it's a mix of several things, and I think when those three are, are met, then we can start thinking
1: about how we improve that mm-hmm. uh, specific mm-hmm. feature. So there is a lot of discussion involved anyway, and uh, and it's it's funny because people don't always realize that, but there is a big human side to the way those features will evolve and what what things you're going to tackle, because you need yeah to have the right person and to have the right discussion to lead to this uh, this feature. It's a it's a collective. Work.
0: Yeah, it's a collective because you may have the need to change for your own business uh, case that you think about, but someone else in the team or the product owner or whatever might have another think that we would tackle at the
1: same time mm-hmm. with the same refactoring so
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's important to discuss yeah indeed so about the team now uh, since you were talking about them uh, so you 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 said that we were uh, around 30 now uh, and so the teams the team size like evolved a lot over the years and actually it even like doubled something like one year and a half ago, I think. Yeah, Uh, uh, one year and a half. What happened? Because when you say that to people, and and for us as well, I mean, I remember when well, uh, Anthony, you, I don't remember who told us, uh, uh, announced us, hey, by the way, you're going to get like 15 15 new people uh, in the team. (laughs) 15. (laughs) So how how
0: did it go? Um, Yeah, I think it just, uh, we tried our best and, it worked like that and I think it's only because the whole team, uh, the whole uh, existing team stepped up
1: mm-hmm. and
0: took responsibilities that we
1: managed to keep every newbie. Could you explain how the team is organized now?
0: First of all, the newbies are coached by uh, Ruben. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hi, Ruben. <laughs> Hi, Ruben. <laughs> uh, which follow every development and is available for them for yeah their, their six first months, I would say. And I'm uh, reviewing and merging their uh, branches and their features. So uh, there are two people following them more or less frequently during those six first months. After that, they don't need to be coached anymore, probably. Mm -hmm. So they just pick tasks in the pipe, develop them, and once those are ready, there's a set of more experienced developers that are the able grand to... grand viziers. So. Yeah, yeah, don't want to, me to say that, I like this name. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's the name you chose yourself.
1: So. Yeah, I like it. So. Yeah.
0: Um, and on top of that, we also have uh, a bunch of developers mm-hmm. that we force, or uh, I don't know how to say that. Uh, oh, force to, them. Can to you to really force say them. that
1: in this podcast? Yeah, one?
0: yeah. Uh, I'm their team leader, I can say that. Uh, we force them to... or we. Encourage them to, uh, <laughs> to make reviews, pre-reviews for the uh, actual people that will mm-hmm. review. So, so that's
1: another way to learn and prepare to exactly. scale up eventually.
0: So that they, they can spot things before the final reviewer. It will help the final reviewer, which would probably have less to say to the developer. But also when they will see the final review, they will see what they missed and I think it's a nice way for them
1: to improve as well. Mm-hmm. Indeed, uh, and it's, it's interesting because it also allows to for, for the final reviewers to gain time on easy things and on small tasks and so it gives them more time on other more complex things where it's well paramount that they are the ones to have a look uh, at it as well. So I think it's very very useful actually as a system and could you give more details on how we decided to run the team like that because it was not like that like uh, I think even like uh, two months ago it wasn't like that. Uh, When did we introduce that? Uh, It's pretty recent, right?
0: Yeah, it's pretty recent. I can't explain exactly. At some point you you see there's a problem, Mm -hmm. you Try to find a solution. You try a fix, and if it works, and it so works. here, what what
1: was the problem exactly? There
0: were several problems. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I felt myself that I wasn't really following enough the newbies, bees mm-hmm. uh, because I had plenty of other things to to, to do and. Mm-hmm. So by pairing with Ruben, I think it's uh, I tackled that. The responsibilities of everyone in the team wasn't really clear. And so it was difficult to put priorities where it was
1: needed and so on. Mm-hmm. And this was like a consequence of the fact that, well, we had this batch of newbies which got more experience now and so produced more things. And so there is more work for the reviewers, but there, exactly. isn't, there aren't more reviewers, and so it was more complex to handle. Uh, exactly. And so, if I get you well, uh, the secret to handle this kind of big changes would be to stay flexible and really tackle the problems when you see they, they arrive. Exactly.
0: It's when you see there is a problem somewhere, you don't have to be stubborn and say, OK, we keep it going, whatever. Uh, we will make the people change their way of doing so that they will fit our process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to change the process a little bit so that it uh, mm-hmm. the team will be more productive and uh, you will have a, a better
1: handling of, of uh, everyone in the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone will also feel more comfortable if you don't try to right away put them in a little box and say you're going to be like this uh, uh, and rather try to fit the box to, <laughs> to the people you have and have yeah. something that looks like a box <laughs> at the end of the day. So, so indeed... Um, Okay, so uh, we're reaching the end of the episode, so I would like to end on a final question. Why is it so cool to work on accounting? Because you start the episode saying you, you liked it, so uh, we know. We want to know why now, because it's not you know the the, the hype <laughs> subject that most people will tell you about. When when you take a random software engineer uh, out of university or or anywhere actually, you ask him, "Hey, what do you want to work on?" It's unlikely that he's going to say accounting software.
0: Yeah, I think it's a mistake from them. First <laughs> they don't of all, know what they missing. don't know the, what they're missing. Clearly, um, well, first of all, I must say that the team is really cool, mm-hmm. really, really. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not saying that because I'm the team leader. <laughs> <laughs> but what I like about accounting is, as I said, it's very centric to the world. It's very centric to any business. If you don't know the accounting, it will teach you things. That's for sure. And so it's also very cool for our own personal development mm-hmm. because you learn things.
1: Okay, so the final word would be try some accounting. Yeah. <laughs> Trying us is to adopt us. <laughs> well, thank you, Kantan, for your answers. No problem, Olivier. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure, really. I hope you find it interesting because it was super nice. Uh, uh, and now I guess duty calls and it's time for us to go back uh, on the module and start the next apocalypse. Who knows uh, Who knows what we might, be, we might be doing for the next version of Fodoo, right? Yeah, let's go. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed discovering how accounting issues are tackled by developers. If you'd like to stay for further insightful tech and dev discussions, I suggest you listen to our previous episode about the fastest JavaScript framework in the world. All. Until then, see you next time. Cheers.